Wake up in the morning, get my grind on. Hop in the shower, brush my teeth, and get my shine on. Hey, Skylar Mac, we taking trips to different time zones. I feel like ET way these bitches trying to find Welcome, everybody, to Living on Purpose Podcast. We're your hosts, Jason Wilson and James Hagler. Today, we have a special guest, Mark Moyer. He's the CEO of Win Again Academy. This guy has so much experience as a businessman, coach. What else do you do, Mark? Um, well, I, I host these lovely, wonderful events in the club room. I am, uh, let's see, I'm an author. I'm a, uh, I love playing ice hockey. I love playing golf. I love, uh, I'm, a, I'm extremely competitive. I will absolutely do my best to crush my kids in any sort of sport. Um, I don't like to let them win. That's illegal. And, um, and I guess the one other thing I was just chatting about somebody about this uh, earlier today, um, I've been to several hundred baseball games and I've never caught a foul ball. So God help anybody in my way. If one comes near me, I will knock you over to get it. Um, but the second ball, I'll let you have. So anyway. Okay, okay, that's good. You know, you sound like somebody I know. My dad was the same way when it came to like playing basketball, any type of sport or anything. He was very competitive with us. We like, right, easy, it's just a game. He's like, no, 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 let's go. Run it back, let's do this. Let's... Like, wow, he was, he, he, when you said that, that's why I just chuckled. I said, man, yeah, that, that's dad. <laughs> Here, go get what, some painless sneakers and let's go. But you know what it is, is that you, you eventually learn quickly, actually, that the kids will overtake you. So you've got to, like, you, you got to grab the victories when you can because they're, they'll put you in the, and, and, and with everything, like darts, with right, playing right, right. like a board game is like, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's, it's, uh, and people will say that to me like, dude, just, you know, you got to relax a little bit. Why? No, nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause he did that to my boys, right? My boys went to his house in New Hampshire and he has a bumper pool set and he has a bunch of video games downstairs. So he took them downstairs and he thought they didn't know how to play. And they actually knew how to play and they was beating him on his table. He got so <laughs> upset. So he took him on a bike ride the next day. And this bike ride is it's bike ride is crazy because he did it to us, and we didn't we didn't know because one day he woke up he said hey, you want to go to bike ride I said yeah so we all say yeah we go down down to the New Hampshire downtown and we get these bikes I'm like okay how are we gonna get home dad so my mother left we didn't know her and my sisters they left we didn't know they left he was like what do you mean we're gonna ride them by. I said, ride them back. It's like 20 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> and we rode those bikes all the way back. And he did that to my boys. He got them out on a bike trail. And he'd be, he, he be pumping, man. <laughs> he and they kept great. up with him, but he couldn't beat him. It's like you said, you got to get it in when you when you can. And I kind of picked it up a little bit. I don't let them win too much. I try to pick my fights with them. So I know where I'm good at. I know which one I'm not. You know, I try to. You know, I try to orchestrate just right, so I got the upper hand a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious because you know what? I'm absolutely brutal at, at hoops. <laughs> hoops. I'm terrible basketball player. Terrible. <laughs> and but I like to think I'm an, an amazing athlete. So when my son would go to play, you know, at the, nearby, at the, you know, the hoop somewhere here, either here in the city or up in the sticks, I just I'd pass him. I just feed him. I just pass the ball to him. I knew not to get in any sort of shooting contest with that kid. I mean, he he knows how to play, but. uh, so you're right, James, you know, it's, it's important to know where your limitations are and, and not to be a complete yeah. fool. And uh, I try to avoid being a, I mean, I'm usually a fool, but not a complete fool. So 
Anyways. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry. You're, you're not the only one. <laughs> so, Mark, tell us about yes, your sir. journey as an entrepreneur. How did you become a business coach and own Winnegan Academy? That's a great question. So, uh, the short version, and there's, uh, I'm just kidding, there's no short version, but, um, you know, I spent most of my career in executive recruiting here in New York City, where I was helping companies find top talent. And um, I didn't really, I wasn't really overly fulfilled with it. It was, you know, I was pretty good at it, but I didn't, you know, I, most recruiters, people in that space are not often well-received. And it's just, to me, the industry is eh, a little shaky. Um, so then about 15 years ago, I started doing more direct career coaching and business coaching of the individual. And that was, you know, far more rewarding and fulfilling because I was really helping that person figure out what it is they truly love doing and really developing a strategy on how to get them there. Uh, and that was the most important thing to me. It's one thing to help someone discover where their passion is. It's another thing to really get them there. Um, and then it really, uh, about five years ago, I worked with a retired NHL player and he had been, he played for a long time, 13 years. And he was a captain. He was a very, very good player. And, uh, but he'd been retired 10 years and the previous seven, he'd been basically at home, just sitting at home day trading. And his family kind of said, hey, go get it, go, go get, get a job somewhere. And he came to me and he says, you know, Mark, I have no clue what I can do. I'm just some dumb hockey jock. And I said, number one, no, you're not. Number two, um, let's just go through these steps and you'll see that we'll get some, we'll really make a lot of ground. But one thing I discovered very quickly was that, especially with an elite athlete, the, their confidence plays such a big role in their success going forward. And once you turn that lever, or you flip that switch, it's really remarkable how quickly they turn. And so um, what it was with him was just getting him to be on LinkedIn where he said, geez, that's only for executives. So I had to change that whole mentality. And then it was just drilling down to find out what he loved doing, where his passions were. Because most athletes, they end up doing something that someone else tells them they should do. Oh, you'd be great in real estate. Oh, you'll be great doing this or that. Mm. And at the end of the day, they don't want to do it necessarily, but someone else is telling them they should. So I, you know, my coaching really is meant to teach the athlete, look, why don't we draw from stuff that you love doing stuff that you can be really good at, and then just go after it, be proactive. And so that's what we did with him to the point where um, I had him, you know, put this stuff on LinkedIn, become more proactive, become sort of reach out to people and start having conversations. And those conversations led to, meetings that led to interviews and led to offers. And he ended up within five weeks of being depressed on the couch, not knowing what he was going to do. Five weeks later, he started work at a, on a trading desk um, with a financial services firm, using that expertise he developed as a day trader to do something that he loved doing. And a few weeks later, he wrote me this wonderful note. And he said, Mark, you know, you've completely transformed my life and my family's life. I'm forever indebted. And I did one of those, you know, who's he, who's he talking to? I was, caught off guard but it was such a nice note and then he said you really need to focus on athletes we need your help we're getting kicked to the curb by our agents by our teams by our leagues by the whatever you need we need your help kind of a thing and that's really what prompted me to write my book and really what led to where we are today wow that's amazing man so you you basically just tap into their natural abilities and focusing on what they love to do that's that's amazing well and you know um it's interesting because every, almost every athlete I speak to, they almost all have the same story where they, 
they're, they're told or they feel that they should get into either broadcasting or they become our coach somewhere and they stay within their sport, which a lot of times is okay, but a lot of times it isn't. And, um, or they do something in sales or something that they just, they don't really want to do, but they think that that's all they can do because they're fed that narrative that they're just some dumb jock or something. And, you know, I, I really try my best to convince them that they're brilliant and they may be brilliant in different ways, but everybody, everybody is an expert at something. I mean, James, you are an expert and you, you are a genius when it comes to boxing, promoting boxing and so forth that I don't even have one, 1% of the knowledge you have. So you are absolutely my expert. Now well, you may think I that mean, I just, that's a whole different, it's a whole different animal. And I'm, I've learned a whole lot from 2007. So I've been at this since 2007 and, and I had to let it go for a minute. And then I got back around it and everything was supposed to start in 2007. Everything was supposed to start in Ohio. So I dropped it for about a couple of years and then I picked back up and I ended up in Ohio and ended up <laughs> starting in Ohio. So, and I learned, you know, I just, I just learned to hung around it because that was the thing. If I was going to learn, I needed to be around, it. you know, just like boxing. You got to be, you got to go to the gyms, you got to be around it and you got to network. And that's how I started picking up on things. And, and the more I learn about it, it's like crazy. And I'm thinking I got it. Not, not yet. <laughs> not yet. You know? But, but see, but, but, um, you know, I know a lot of people that are, um, I don't know if it's the right term is perfectionist, but they feel that they need to be the best at something before they put it out there. Mm. And, you know, one of the guys that I, I, I read his books and this and that, but one of the things that this other guy talks about is better done than perfect. Meaning if you are even 10% better at something than someone else is, put it out there. And I don't mean, you, you know, not everybody needs to start a business, but the point being that if you are even a small amount better than someone else, you are basically their expert and you can turn that into a business to an right, extent. Right. And, right. and then, so James, you are my expert, man. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what you Thank say. You. You're my expert, Jason. You're my expert too, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. What I was like, we was thinking about the winning game. We think it. Uh, you got to put it out there. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, it's. I, I love your whole concept and what you're doing. It, it's great. Just a lot of people just don't know about. It. They don't know Let, about. It. Bingo. Thank you. And uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think that's the last remaining thing, right? Because I think that the infrastructure is pretty strong and the. Oh, yeah. uh, the content's pretty strong and the people are really cool. I mean, yep. I'm the least cool of everybody for sure. And, and it's, and they're fun and it's, it's enjoyable, but it also brings out so much collaboration. It's incredible. Right. And right. so I, I, yeah, I think that's the last thing. It's like, everybody I'm talking to, everybody I'm talking to, I'm telling them, yeah, come to the class. Hey, you know, I'm sending them all your stuff, everything. I'm, I'm trying to put it out there, man. Cause I think it's dope. I loved it. You know what I mean? Cause it, it, because when people get started, when people are trying to do their business, they don't know where to go, especially people that doesn't that never even thought about doing it and is scared to take that step. And who can they go to? Who can they talk? Who can you get this help? And you got a platform right there that's real new. And and, and I'm telling you, it's just going to take a little time before it jump. And people are going to be talking about it and say, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, it ain't free no more. 
<laughs> yeah. Remember when it was really cheap to be in the academy? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's ten thousand dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a that's long funny. time member. I've been there since day one, and uh, that's that's why I got this this uh this platinum uh, badge, man. I you know I I, I can go anywhere. Oh, what do we got? Oh, now you're giving away platinum badges. With <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's all. That, that's uh, that's the vision I see. Yeah, you know, I think do it's I, going to do, be... James, do I need to give you a little trophy now? I'm just get you a little trophy. For this? <laughs> One of the first guys. I mean, no, I'm kidding. Right? Um, but you know, what's funny is that um, you know what ended up getting me to to want to create this academy was you know a, a couple of years ago, I was involved with a different company that um, that uh, you know we saw the value in in really helping the athletes and and helping with their transition, and then. Um, she decided to go with her company a little bit different direction, but I, I really saw that the true value of offering to athletes and retired athletes. And again, it doesn't need to be a retired professional athlete. It can be an amateur. It can be a student athlete, anybody who's dedicated, you know, much of their life to their sport. And now they're, they have to leave that sport, whether it's voluntarily or involuntarily, whether it's injury, you know, or just simply they graduate college and there's no professional I don't know, like archery league or whatever, whatever their sport was. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm still amazed that there aren't more people helping athletes out. And Mm -hmm. I know now I see, you know, everywhere on social media and stuff, there's more attention being given to it, but, but I still cringe a little bit because it's still the same really bad advice. And it's not bad advice just to athletes. It's bad advice to everybody. I still see so many things out there, coaches and people talking about how important it is to have a great resume. And I can't tell you how much that's a big giant pile of BS. And to me, I couldn't care less about a resume. To me, the way people get business or get hired or anything is just like what we're doing, just having conversations. And those conversations lead to knowing other people. Hey, listen, I know this, this lady, Sue, she's fantastic. You should talk to her. Oh, do you think Sue would have an interest in wanting to talk to me about blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Let's, you know, we'll coordinate it. Sending you a piece of paper that says, you know, Bob Jones at the top, you know, went to this college and went, that's, that's a two dimensional version of you. And it's, it's, it's crap. And I see too many. You can't see the person's passion. Right. You can't see the person's passion. That's how, that's, that's how you're hiring on when, when you communicate with the person. Yeah. You're hiring on their passion for it. You know, you see that passion, like, wait a minute, you know what? You just need a shot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Oh, totally, totally, totally true. And, you know, it's funny because I, uh, um, you know, there are people that, that make a living and, and uh, you know, they, um, you know, they're, they're very, um, they do that whole, what do they call it? Resume writing business and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And they, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, I almost want to say to them, how do you look yourselves in the, in the mirror when you, when you, all you're doing is you're getting people to develop a piece of paper that what are you going to do now? Send it out to 10,000 places and get shot down by every one of them because not because they're a bad candidate, but because the way the algorithms work and so forth, their resume never gets seen. Right. And, right. Cause there's so many that goes through. It's just a, just a, it's just a waste of time. Right. And, and if you, if you guys heard the numbers, it's really amazing that, the vast majority of jobs that people see posted on wherever LinkedIn, career builder, monster, whatever, they've already been filled. There's already somebody that someone has in mind for that job. The only reason it's being posted 
is for them to, to be able to pull in a diverse yeah. slate of candidates that they won't even bother looking at anyway, or, you know, whatever. It's, it's something where, like, here's how it goes usually with, it, with an open job or something happens. Um, you know, Sue goes into John's office and says, John, I quit. I'm going to a different company. John says, oh, crap, I better find someone else. So then John opens his door, looks out to this, this is pre-COVID, of course, but looks out to all the people and says, hey, does anybody know someone that can replace Sue? And then Jim says, oh, my neighbor, Nancy, she, she knows this other person at the coffee shop who knows this guy who cuts the lawns for this other person that whatever it is, he'd be really good or she'd be really good. That person comes in, meets with John. John says, oh my God, you know, Judith, you're fantastic. I want to hire you. I'm going to give you an offer. He calls human resources, HR, listen, I want to give Judy an offer. HR says, no way, you can't do that. Why not? Well, you need to put it out there. You need to post it online because we need to get a diverse slate of candidates. We need to get everybody possible to come in and, and have a shot at that job. You can't just hire her. Okay, sure, fine. Puts the ad out, gets, you know, then, then someone sees that ad and says, oh my God, I'm perfect for this job. I can't wait to apply. And they apply. What happens? Nothing. Because the guy gets uh, that the John gets all those resumes or HR gets resumes, sends them to John. John says, yeah, these look great. Thanks. I'm hiring Judy, you know, and yeah. Judy gets hired and all those people out there that thought, Oh, I'm perfect for this job. doesn't matter. They don't have a shot. And this happens time and time again, where jobs are already assigned to people to an extent. And they're just being sort of that. And even if a job isn't, hasn't been filled already, you have a one in what, 200 chance of getting the interview or something. How are these, like, how is this going to be uplifting to anybody when their whole day is spent applying to something that they don't have a shot at no doubt. over and over and over again? So to and, and me, I, and, I, and I, I was told too that, well, when you're looking for this job, that you got to be like, well, you got to find out how long it's been posted. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's just been posted, then okay, you might have a shot. That gives you hope. Opposed to it being posted three days out, if three has been posted three days, how many you know advocates didn't fill that up already? Yeah, but you know what? It, but the, the problem with that, and I I don't disagree, but the problem with that is that you know these resumes go through first a couple sets of filters to make sure that right. the candidate fits that thing, right? And if they if they do, then they make it through regardless of the time, and if they don't, they get bounced out, right? And so. If it's the first day or the 71st day, if the company is still meeting people, then that may not be a good sign because it means they can't figure out what they want. Or maybe the company decided on someone the first or second day, so then you're toast anyway. So to me, it's just such a such Look a up. frustrating and useless process. To me, right. 100%, I mean, well, the vast majority of jobs that are filled are just, again, who knows who, who knows who. That's right. Conversation happens. At the end of the day. Yeah, at the end of the day. So, so what's some what was some of your uh, difficult challenges that you went through putting all this together? Not enough time to tell you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, um, I know some I mean, stands out. Some stands out. You gotta uh, give it some. <laughs> I got a few. Trust me. So, uh, I mean, uh, I think number one, um, sometimes it's really super hard to find people to partner with because you at first it seems like they may have the right intentions, but then it turns into them kind of wanted to take your idea or take your money or take something. So I, I did run into a few instances, a couple in particular that um, I kind of got screwed over. And I think that happens a fair amount, unfortunately. Um, I also, I think what people tend to underestimate is that when you're self-funded like I am and I don't take, you know, I haven't had investors and so forth, it's 
an incredible strain uh, in a variety of ways, not just financially, but personally and physically and relationship and all this kind of stuff. And um, when, and I think a lot of times people don't fully understand the amount of money it takes to pay other people to do stuff. There's mm-hmm. insurance, there's all kinds of costs that go into running something that I think sometimes what people see, which is partially what we try to do is they'll see what's happening on social media. So they'll see, oh, Mark, man, you just interviewed so-and-so. That's amazing. Your platform looks great. Wow. You know, you're crushing it. And what they don't realize is behind the scenes, every entrepreneur is getting crushed. And it's, it's, it's tough. And, you know, we sometimes see the, what's his name, the Zuckerbergs of the world or the other people that, that seemingly woke up one day and they were wealthy. And that's, that's, that no one's, that almost never happens. It's, no, you know, I think, I think the person that um, works in the corporate world and they, they work, I don't want to say nine to five, but they go to a job, they get paid for that. They come home, they can then relax or whatever it is. The life of an entrepreneur is nothing like that. And nobody pays us. Like there's no, I haven't had a salary in 30 years. Like I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so Mark, I haven't I've, had a paid holiday. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so Mark, I, I think that um, something really special to mention here is about your platform. Hmm. Um, you know, people usually run to Zoom or maybe another platform to do events, or maybe um, it could be a networking or some other type of event for their business. What separates your platform from Zoom or any other platform? I almost feel like I should ask you that question, Jason um, and James. <laughs> but, you know, uh, wh- look, when I first saw this platform a little over a year ago, and it's uh, the software itself is called Remo, and they're based in Hong Kong. And I licensed it from them over a year ago. And it's, it's, it's pretty expensive. It's very expensive. But it's been a complete game changer because quite simply, what it allows is it allows everybody who attends an event the ability to independently move around the event and meet whoever they want, whenever they want, however they want. It allows them to kind of take a look at who else is at the event before going to chat with those people. So if you can only imagine being at a live, let's say a conference room that's got you know 15 tables in it, and you sit at, you're sitting at one table and chatting with those people, you obviously see them. So you're talking to those three or four people, or you might be at a table with three or four people where two of them are blabbing away at each other and it's impossible to get a word in edgewise. Well, you know what? At a live event, you're kind of stuck sitting there and it's really hard to get up and walk away. Mm. With the platform that I use, this Clubroom platform, you can not only get up and walk away, but you can go to another table where you can see that those people, you really want to talk to them. Now, the beauty of the Clubroom is you can see who's at table 10 and see, okay, there's John Smith, he's the VP, whatever. There's Nancy Jones, the managing director, whatever, or the head of blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, wow, I want to go to that table. I want to talk to them. That's You just can't find that technology anywhere else. And to me, I love the freedom and the ability to be able to move at my own speed and where I want to go and who I want to talk to. And Zoom, it's one person controlling everybody. Here, you control whatever you do. And I, when I saw that, I said instantly, this is just what I need for my events with athletes and with business people and with executives and with, with founders and with entertainers and all these other fantastic people, because they're all able to interact with each other. And especially with COVID cutting out so much, so much of the live stuff, it, it made it so that we felt like we were attending a live event again. And that there's almost no way you can put value on that. 
Absolutely. Like, I'll just ask you, Jason, you came to my, the first event you attended a couple of months ago. I remember afterwards finding out and you telling me this and that, that I don't know how many people you met, but you were already in touch with like 10 or 15 people. Right. In fact, I would have to say you've already had, I don't even know how many on this podcast. And it's, you're, you're the absolute, like my hall of fame. You're in the hall of fame of, of, of guests or attendees or members, right? Because you've already, you're doing exactly what this is meant for. This is meant for everybody to elevate each other. It's meant for people to meet and create business opportunities and career opportunities and everything. And, and you're, and James, you too, man, you've already met yeah. several of the people that, that Definitely. Have, um, that's why I recommend, you know, yeah. to yeah. everybody, Hey, you need to come, you, you need to come and check this out. This is a great platform, but there's nothing like it. It's like you said, you got the freedom to go to any room and I yeah. compare it to like the speed game. When I tell them, I said, yeah, you, you come to like five people come across and then he goes and another five come across. And then after that, you go to different chat rooms. Everybody breaks up in different chat rooms. Then you, if you could see, you can see the person that you want to chat with. You can go to that chat room. You go there. It's very versatile and it, 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 it's dope. You know, that's the only thing I can say. <laughs> and I it, recommend to everybody. Absolutely. And look, and, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's what's also nice about it is that I think people understand that it's not an environment that people come into and sell. It's an environment that people yes. come into and they make relationships. And if, if, if something leads to something, then you, you go from there, you know, offline or you create a, you know, meet again, or you have phone calls or podcasts or whatever the hell it is. It's a, it's a, it's a really, you know, what, what really made an impact on me or, or you know, an impression on me was that the speakers that I had and the athletes, they'd come in like Marshall Falk. Here's a guy who's a football hall of famer. He's, he commands, you know, $20,000 a, a speech or whatever it is. He's, um, you know, heavily sought after. I had him come in to, to, you know, come in as a, as a guest speaker to, you know, I interviewed him and, you know, I figured he'd come in for 20 minutes, do his thing and leave. I mean, I wasn't paying him, but it was a favor. And, you know, I was helping him out with some other stuff, but it was great to have him. He ended up staying for, over three hours and wow. the wow. only reason he, he would have stayed longer but i finally said um yeah time to go, <laughs> guy you gotta go um because he was he was enjoying so much the ability to kind of hang out and chat with some and it wasn't you know these events aren't filled with you know 500 fans that are all like oh my god marshall you're so amazing tell me about the game winning touch no they want to hear about his struggles his businesses what he's doing now where he wants to take it who he wants to be introduced to. And he wanted to contribute to those people too. So it's, mm. I think people find that the, the athletes and the entertainers and the celebrities or whatever you want to call them that come to my events, they're there as they're regular people. And they, they want to be in here to, to really help with their businesses and their careers. And, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to have someone, let's say like a Brandy Chastain, who's, you know, a, a women's soccer legend. And she just pops in whenever because she loves coming to these things. It's not, oh my God, it's Brandy. Oh my God. You know, it's Brandy's like, she'll talk about her, her the business that she's involved with now, or she'll just hang out and chat with people and just be, just hang out, you know? And it's, I think that's, what's making it so exciting is, is that I think as more and more people get involved and they come to these events, they're not going to want to leave. They really enjoy it. You know, it's, you know, there's been a few times where I've kind of said, 
you know, night night, everybody. <laughs> right. Go. Right. That that happened to me actually. I was there for three hours. <laughs> well, I know. I know. Likewise, but I stay right to the end, man. Yeah. You know. Well, then I have to like go over to the to the wall and pull the plug. <laughs> like, all right, guys, <laughs> right. you gotta go home. Whatever. But that, but, but that just tells that just shows you the potential that it yeah. has. Right. It just, yeah. just we just gotta give it some time. You know what I mean? And uh, it's it's gonna do it, man. Well, listen. I hope uh, I hope everybody listening to this at some point checks it out because it's uh it's you know I I can sell it all I want. It's my it's my business and so forth. But I think that the attendees will will vouch for it. They don't they know how not only the sort of the the caliber of people that they meet, but just how much fun they have. And it's it's um, you know there's it, it's what's interesting also, guys, is that you know I've found that at a live event. I don't know if I'd get this kind of a cross section of people that I get in here. I don't know if we'd get people of almost every age, ethnicity, background, you know, profession, whatever it is. It's such a great mixture and they all come together and they all want to hear about each other. And, you know, it's, it's, that's really cool. Whereas. And nobody feels intimidated to to speak to anybody. No. That's the great feeling because some people get intimidated and they miss out on an opportunity. But with this platform, nobody feels intimidated. You can go and, you know, ask your questions and, and meet the person. That's nice, man. Tell us about uh, the mental health awareness night that, that you have on uh, November the 17th. Yeah, look, you know, it's uh, I'm super excited about this event because it's uh, it's an event that. You know, the topic is so important, especially today. I mean, we've all been through a ton over the last, uh, what, 18, 19 months with COVID. Um, but on top of that, I think what a lot of people underestimate, and we talked about this a little earlier uh, in the podcast here, um, you know, virtually every athlete goes through quite a bit of, of struggle when they, they leave their sport and they transition. And, you know, a lot of them really, they, they have that pride that they, oh, I can handle it, I can hack it. And they internalize a lot of that mental struggle. And uh, a lot of times that just festers and it really gets, gets to be worse and it, and it manifests in, in a lot of different ways, whether it's depression, whether it's acting out, drugs, alcohol, violence, whatever it might be. And so, you know, it's so essential for, I mean, in this case here, we focus on athletes, but really talking about that, the challenges that people face when they transition and especially from a sport to their next career, whatever it might be, or even just switching careers in general. And so what we're doing on the 17th is bringing in a fantastic therapist. Um, and she's, uh, Beth Orell is, she knows this stuff. She's worked with athletes, with executives, with all kinds of folks that um, really worked through that whole transition aspect. And then we're bringing in two former athletes who are, uh, you know, fantastic folks. Christina Smith is a former Olympic, um, Canadian Olympic Bob Slayer, instead of Slayer, because they say it Bob Slay up in Canada. Ooh. Bob but, Slayer. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like she's, uh, you know, out there with a sword, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, but she's gone through traumatic brain injury. Um, look, when you're, when you're in a bobsled going bobsled flying down that thing, your head is rattling around inside those helmets. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's pretty challenging stuff. So she's gone through a lot of, not just the mental side of things, but some of the physical stuff too. So she's a fantastic person to talk about this. And Mike Hollis, who played in the NFL for nine years, he, um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's been retired for a few years now and runs a uh, kicking academy and uh, just a super guy, but also someone who clearly knows quite a bit about uh, the challenges that people face and athletes face when they leave their sport 
and really not knowing what to do next. So two great uh, guest speakers, um, and former athletes, and Beth Laurel coming in. I'll be kind of moderating that event, but it's a it's such an important one, and I really encourage anybody listening to this to to register and, and be a part of it because it's um, I think everybody's going to find that coupled with the fantastic networking that happens before and after this, the, the actual um, presentation mode or the conversation, um, I think you're going to find the conversation to be fantastic and one that everybody will be able to take something from. Sounds great. So I'm looking forward to it, James. You're going to be there? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm coming. Um, and since I'm going to be like in sales mode here, the only way to attend these events for everybody to know is to become a VIP member. And the only way to do that is to go on to the website, winagainacademy.com. And there's a tab called join the community where you join and uh, you can be a big part of that. And uh, Jason's got a coupon code that I'm sure he's willing to share with everybody that lets everybody have a head start on the first 30 days. Uh, I think I, I'm letting him in for $27 for that first month. That's less than a dollar a day. Everybody knows that. But 27 bucks for 30 days of, of fantastic programming. And what you get as a member is not just access to these events, but we also have weekly coaching sessions. We also have um, pop-up events where, again, it might be somebody like a, a former NFLer, and I'll say to him or him, I'll say, look, let's in an hour, you want to just do a quick little event in the club room, and we'll do that. And I'll announce it to all the members. Uh, you also get uh, introductions to some of the other members, which is amazing. The chance to chat and meet with a lot of the guests um, who are fantastic. Um, you also get a signed copy of my book, which is worth at least three dollars, maybe more. Four dollars. Awesome. Awesome. How'd I do? Okay, good. Well, yes. Perfect. <laughs> but, uh, but listen, I, I, in all seriousness, I do hope to see everybody there because like it's it's a growing community and all the members are thrilled to be part of that community. And I, I just want other people to, to really find out what it's like to be part of this whole win again community. Great. So if you want to attend this event, use my code. It's Jason monthly. I'm going to put the, all of that information um, along with the post of this interview. Awesome. So thank you, Mark, so much for being a yeah. part of our show today. We really appreciate it. I love having you on board. I mean, it's great to no. It's always uh, a pleasure to chat with both of you guys. And uh, I love what both of you are doing. So, uh, you know, from one entrepreneur to others, I mean, keep it up, guys. You're, you're, you know, making an impact and changing lives. So keep it going. Thanks a lot. Know, Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mark. Right. You know that. <laughs> we got to thank you, baby. <laughs> of, of course. Of course. Right. We appreciate Thanks, you, Mark. Take care, man. All right, likewise. Oh. All right. All right. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. See ya. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. <laughs>